1: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 630 Chad. Jack Eichel out for the uh, rest of the season already hasn't played since March 7th, but the Sabres saying, yeah, he's uh, not coming back Has a neck injury in what has been an absolute disaster in Buffalo last night on inside sports. We're going to wrap up a storyline here. Don't want anybody. Hanging on to unfinished stories on this show. I put a poll on Twitter. It closed shortly after the show ended. Now, we knew where it was headed, but I got the final results. Here's what I wrote. For Oilers fans, if a North Division team wins the Cup and it's not the Oilers, you'd want it to be. So I did not list all the teams in the division. I listed the other three teams in the North who are very likely to make the playoffs. Winnipeg, the runaway winner, by more than I thought it would be, 77.9%. Montreal coming in at 136 and the Toronto Maple Leafs at 8.5%. We had David Bowles hop on the show last night who uh, reads news on 630 Chet and sometimes over on Global News Radio 880. Fine young man, promising broadcast to a career. Most of it's still ahead of him. And uh, I, I know David a little bit. I mean, two things. Uh, I haven't been at work for well, really much over the last year, so not a lot of mingling time with my coworkers. And let's face it, everybody, I keep to myself for a variety of reasons. Uh, I mean, I am an argumentative curmudgeon, and most of my coworkers find that quite disagreeable. So I ain't the warmest guy in the office. People tend to avoid me. So I knew that David cheered for the Toronto Maple Leafs, so he popped on the show last night and I said what like why what's where who how which whereforth And the the dude was born in Edmonton and picked the Leafs as a, as a young man. I think he said, he did he say he liked Matt Sundin, Kellen, or Builder Lego, or Boreas Salming? He's not old enough for those last uh, two guys.
2: Sundin, I think, was his favorite growing he up.
1: Liked, yeah. he, he liked Sundin. Okay, so he uh, he cheers for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And his dad, who's from Manitoba, cheers for Boston. Well, hey, think about it. If the Nordiques
3: don't trade Sundin, maybe he's a Quebec and Colorado fan. Who knows?
1: Okay, I thought about it. <laughs> that was that. That was that dramatic pause. That was me, That's the sound of me thinking. Just, just a large uh, silent sound. Uh, yeah, people, people don't like Toronto in this part of the world. Surprise, surprise. I got to tell you, I didn't. I you can't vote in your own poll. I would have voted for the Canadians, quite frankly. Yeah, my my, if if the Oilers couldn't win it, I would pick the Canadians to win out of the North and break Canada's drought. They were they were the last Canadian team to win it uh you know Carey Price has been a great player i got a bit of a soft spot for the Habs i mean i like patrick Waugh when i was a kid i like kirk muller a lot when he was there i like matt nasland if anybody remembers him i think he i think he was the last canadian to get 100 points in a season in 85 86 so i i would have picked the montreal canadiens but obviously uh winnipeg here the runaway winner in my poll which is entirely reflective of how people feel no doubt about it Okay. Well, he's uh, he's in the bubble. He's been doing a lot of curling. He is one of the all-time best coming out of the city of Edmonton. He's the skip of Team Botcher. Follow them on Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, at Team Botcher, Brendan Botcher checking in from Calgary tonight after curling in
3: Worlds. Brendan, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing good, thank you.
1: Well, thanks for hopping on the show again. We always appreciate talking to you throughout the season and all the big events you've been playing in. And I know another one starts tomorrow, but we got to look back on Worlds. Hey, I, I know you wanted the gold medal. Who didn't? But uh, how have you been able to, to digest what happened now that you've had a few days?
3: You know, it was a pretty, uh, a pretty awesome experience for us. I think you don't, you don't truly know what it's going to be like until you get there the first time and kind of feel your way through it. Definitely a few things, you know, if we could start the event over tomorrow, there's a few things we, we'd we learn and do a little differently, but you know, that's that's what experience gets you over time. So I'm just, I'm so proud of the guys. It's been a tough year for everyone and, and we battled our hearts out out there. And uh, at some point, you know, you gotta be proud of that and happy with how you played. And and I'm definitely happy that we qualified Canada for the Olympics. That was definitely a big goal of ours as well.
1: Yeah, well, and definitely that's, that's key for sure. Man, oh, man, you, you guys had so many tight games, which I suppose you're used to. That's uh, that's often curling. Um, I, I guess, uh, look, Brandon, the unusual thing for you guys is uh, I, I, when I watch, I, I maybe this is a little unfair, but I, I kind of just expect you guys to pull it out all the time <laughs> you've done it so often. Uh, I mean, I was, I was looking back at the schedule just at the round robin, um, you know, the close rush, the, the close loss to Sweden, South Korea, I think uh russia got you guys in the uh in the 11th um, can you put your finger on on what separated in some of those games or to just come down to a break or two or a shot or two
3: you know i think uh i think for kind of the couch curling fan or people that kind of come in and out of watching a little bit it's really easy to to have the expectation that canada is going to go to these events and and be on the podium for sure just fighting kind of for which color of metal you end up wearing at the end without really appreciating that in the last decade or so here, the the international teams have really, really stepped up their game. And uh, it might be cliche to to say this, but I definitely think winning the worlds is harder than winning the Briar. I think the average, uh, the average team, the quality of the fields is even a little bit better than at the Briar. So there's a lot of good teams there that go to worlds every year. So there's, A lot of comfort (laughs) whereas you know with us it's so hard getting out of canada that often you don't have that that many cracks at a world championship so you're playing against teams that are 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 there every year they're comfortable they're playing great they love beating canada so that's the best game they're going to play all week and it it just comes down to a few shots in those moments but we we absolutely have to play our best if you want to beat those teams
1: well, I think, uh, and, and by the way, I'm definitely a couch curler. That's probably above my level of <laughs> curling ability. But, uh, but, but no, I understand what I understand what you're saying. It's high expectations for Canada. And you mentioned it. You got the bullseye, right? Did you Did you get the sense that Canada is um, uh, probably respected but also disliked on the world stage because a lot of teams have probably lost to Canada a lot over the years?
3: Yeah, I, I, I don't think disliked is the right word. Um, but Canada is a team that's that's respected and that Maple Leaf is a pretty big target on your back. And, uh, you know, for some of those teams, the, the biggest game they get to play all year is their game at the World Championship against Team Canada. And if there's one game they want to win more than any, it's that game. So, you know, you get everyone's best all, all week. Every team that comes up against you knows it's going to be a tough game. They're they're going to have to play their best to beat you. And unfortunately for us, you know, (laughs) a few teams were able to bring their absolute best and were able to catch us a little bit. And, uh, and that's what happens. I, I wasn't expecting anything less. I've, I've been to a couple of these now and I understand, you know, what it's like playing against some of those international teams and, and you have to expect them to play 90% and you've got to try and bring 95% if you're going to win those games. Uh, Is there, the nations have
1: curling styles. Do you know what I mean? Like, is there a, is there a Canadian style? Is there a Swedish style or is, does it just vary from rink to rink regardless of where you're from?
3: Yeah, I don't think there's as much uh, like a national style to how they approach the game, but you can definitely tell at a world championship, uh, you get thrown some curveballs. So I think in Canada, we have a little bit more predictable style of play, uh, especially the top teams. You know, we play the scoreboard very conservatively. We take chances when we have to, but we don't try and give away too much early if we don't need to. I think there's a few... uh, commonalities amongst the top teams here in Canada and at the world level you get a variety of different strategies thrown at you not that uh not that that's a bad thing I, I don't think that was the reason uh, you know we lost a couple games but it's definitely different it's a bit of a curveball for sure
1: there was a lot of talk about Darren Moulding before and after the Worlds and and some back issues so obviously he didn't finish the uh the mixed doubles H- how was Darren feeling and was his play affected at all by the by the back.
3: Yeah, so I would say Darren was feeling great and that would be a testament to, you know, all the sports science people that were down here in the bubble with us. He had access to not only the best doctors, but you know, the best massage therapists and the best ch- chiropractors and physio folks and and he had better care down here in the bubble than I think anyone would get at home. And we were very fortunate, too. You know, we had a week and a half uh, from when his injury first happened to when we started playing the World. So we actually had a fair bit of time, too, to, to get him rested up. And I, I really did feel all week that he was feeling good, uh, and that definitely wasn't the reason for any uh, any misses out there up on the ice. Brendan Botcher joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Of course, uh,
1: he and his team won the Briar, just represented Canada at Worlds. And... You're right back at it. <laughs> Let everybody know what starts tomorrow and the the process of refocusing, which is one you've been through a lot in recent years.
3: Uh, yeah, so this is uh, events number uh, I think five, four, and five for me down here in the bubble. So it's been uh, been a long haul, but the the Grand Slam start t- tomorrow morning. So we're starting with the Champions Cup, and then uh, headed straight into the Players Championship following right as soon as the the champions cup finishes up and uh, you know for us each weekend has to be a new adventure you know uh, we've played so much here in the last couple months that you've got to try and compartmentalize and and we've had a few days now to rest and recover and i think all my guys are uh, excited to get back out there tomorrow okay how many days consecutive in the bubble because i like i talked to mark kennedy before you guys started and he he went home for a couple days in between but you haven't left have you no i haven't so i think i'm on week number six right now uh and to be honest uh we have a good setup here i mean the hotel is awesome our food options are awesome we can still get deliveries so anything you need on the personal side you can uh, have ordered and shipped to the hotel and uh, it's it's really not that bad. I've been working from the hotel when we haven't been curling, so at least my <laughs> my mental space is occupied with other things. And uh, and otherwise, you know, in COVID this year, it's been such a strange year for everyone. So maybe in some ways, uh, strange is just starting to feel normal. So what uh, what do you do to?
1: I, I know during the bond spiels, you're you're curling a ton, so you're just resting but uh, have you been reading do you watch hockey or basketball <laughs> or what do you do to chill out a bit
3: yeah so you know there we just a ton of curling um and then i've been working full time when i haven't been curling so that's uh that's definitely taking up a lot of my time and then in the evenings yeah we get together watch a movie watch some sports we are allowed my team to be in each other's rooms um so we we can watch something together for a little bit if we want we can even just sit around for a couple hours and chat which is nice too just to see another person face to face so who's the most emotional of you
1: guys when it comes to being a sports fan then who's throwing stuff at the tv
3: (laughs) (laughs) that's a good question i've got two guys on my team both kark and darren could watch a lot of sports um we all like it it's more a means for us to get together and and be a team and talk and do all those things when sports is just kind of what brings us together.
1: Right on. Well, uh, of course you represented uh, Canada very well. And I know the journey continues for you guys. So again, congratulations on everything you've accomplished this season and, and you keep going tomorrow. So all the best with the champions cup, Brendan. We'll talk to you again soon. Really appreciate your time. Excellent. Thank you brendan botcher from the curling bubble the skip for canada at worlds uh, yeah like you said didn't get as far as they wanted but uh, as he said everybody's gunning for canada and it's uh, not quite so easy that the canadians can just roll in there and beat everybody that was quite a, I, I stayed up watching that final on sunday night sweden got five in the ninth to get the victory at uh, dean rink is a pretty big story
3: Seven twenty one. Still 2-1
1: Calgary leading the Canadians with eight minutes to go. This is Inside Sports on Chet. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking to Don Wilson after the 730 News, former double-E defensive back. He's been named to the Hall of Fame class for the Canadian Football Hall of Fame for 2021. He was once involved, and some of you probably remember this, in a 16-player trade between Edmonton and Toronto. Eight-for-eight swap. Yeah, in Edmonton, we often talk about the deal as one-for-one. This deal was eight-for-eight J.T. Miller from the Canucks making headlines this afternoon. He was asked, should you guys be playing on Friday against the Oilers?
4: It's a hard question. Uh, You know, I don't want to be caught agreeing with you and saying that I'm also saying ridiculous here, but I should is a weird word because there's just a lot of moving parts. And um, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. And, um, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that, you know, that we're even in a scenario like this, but like I keep to in my mind, I guess, is that it is our job. We have to be prepared to play, but at the same time, I mean, I think that whoever, you know, the schedule, was made, I understand the guys coming off of three weeks of rest, two weeks of having COVID that one practice isn't even close to near enough time to come back and perform at a high level. So, and on that, and not, it's not even about being able to perform. It's nothing to do with hockey at this point. Um, brutally honestly i think that you know we, we're going to need more time than this to come back and play hockey even the guys that didn't get it we're not ready to play so um it, it's a decision that was made and as of now we're going to be i guess ready to play but I, I i without going too far too much farther into it I, I mean that's all i can really say at this point is it seems like a very high hurdle to try to jump over for to try to jam 19 NHL games and uh, against good hockey teams in the month, so.
1: The Calgary Flames are keeping hope alive. They are about to win their third in a row as they lead the Canadians 4-1 in the final 20 seconds. So the Flames move four points back of the Canadians for the final playoff spot in the North Division. Again, the problem for Calgary is that uh, now as the game ends, they have 13 games remaining. Montreal still has 16, but still hope for the Flames. They got to win these head-to-head matchups against Montreal to have a chance, and they do get the win tonight. The Oilers in Vancouver on Friday, 5.30 face-off show, game at 7 here on 6.30. Chad, we've been playing the JT Miller comments from the Vancouver Canucks about uh, his, uh, well, he doesn't think really they should be playing. He doesn't think the team will be in in good enough shape to play a game on Friday, but that is the situation that they are in. The Jets have beaten the Senators 3-2. Trevor Lewis scored shorthanded halfway through The third period, that goal turns out to be the game winner. Josh Norris did get one in the final 10 seconds for Ottawa, but the Jets win it 3-2. Avalanche lead the Blues 4-1 early in the third. And earlier today, Minnesota knocked off Arizona 5-2. NBA Raptors lead the Spurs 101-93. That is halfway through the fourth quarter. Earlier today, the Blue Jays with a 5-4 walk-off. Homer Bo Bichette, 5-4 win over the new york yankees thanks a lot for tuning in tonight inside sports on 6:30. chad we had nick lewis on the show last night who is a 2021 canadian football hall of fame inductee pleased to welcome another member of that class to the show tonight uh, many seasons and a couple of gray cups in green and gold it is don wilson on the show don you're on with reed how are you doing sir i am doing wonderful how you think i'm doing well, I'm glad to hear you're doing. You're doing well. Tell tell me about getting that phone call that you're going into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame.
0: Oh, oh man, oh man, oh man! It, it was amazing, and 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 the the one thing, the thing that made it better was I got it for one of my teammates. So you know, uh, it was it was an amazing thing. I almost I had to pull over though because I was all choked up. So, but because I, I was driving, but it, it's an amazing thing.
1: Who made the phone call? Who was it?
0: Rod Connor. Oh, no way. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I mean, I, like I said, you can't get no better than one of your teammates calling you to give you the great news. So, yeah.
1: And where are you living these days, Don? Let everybody know what you're I, up to.
0: I'm living in California. Uh, I've, been to, I've been in California since I left the CFL, since I retired.
1: And do you? Uh, how do you
0: keep busy? Well, I'm I'm doing acting. I've been acting ever since I've been here. As a matter of fact, I started acting in '97 in Toronto. So, I did a couple of movies, a uh, 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 couple of Disney movies, and then I did um, a, a episodic TV show called Earth Final Conflict. Uh, and then I moved to California to continue.
1: Yeah, well, I've I've definitely heard of Earth Final Conflict. I don't know if ever. Were you not in Grey's Anatomy, I thought I read?
0: Well, I did an episode of Grey's Anatomy, too. Yes, I did. Yes, I was in an episode. It was called Deny, Deny, Deny. They can't deny me in a a Hall of Fame. So, (laughs) well, deny, deny, deny. So, yeah, yeah, I did an episode called Deny, Deny, Deny Deny in uh, Grey's Anatomy.
1: Okay. Well, that, that's, uh, that's cool. Now, did you, were you always interested in acting, even while you were playing football, or how did you get into that?
0: Well, the acting thing really came along when I was young. Uh, I was always an actor, actually. Uh, in junior high school, I did a play called The Wiz, uh, in which I played the lion. And we, we performed that for, like, two years all over the city, and 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 out the outskirts, you know, because it's like Maryland, DC, and Virginia—they kind of close. So I, we can perform it all over the place, and we made enough money to 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 go see the real Wiz in New York. Um, and then when I went to graduate to college, NC State, uh, I did a play called Guys and Dolls. So and I played Big Julie. So um, I've been doing it actually all my life. It just, oh, cool. you know, the football. The football took over because, you know, I made it to uh, uh, to the Buffalo Bills, and then I played two seasons there. and Then I went to Edmonton, and I
1: played from nine from eighty seven to ninety eight. Right. Okay. Well, you had a couple of uh, stints here with the Green and Gold. I got, and I mentioned this before we brought John. You, you were part of in nineteen ninety three one of the biggest trades that anybody's ever heard of. Sixteen guys, uh, eight players each <laughs> way. What, what do you remember about that? That was crazy. Hey, I, I
0: remember it was crazy. I said, eight, eight, for eight. Where we going? But you know, I mean, uh, you know, as a player, you just you you play, you suit up uh, whatever team you are playing for and everything. So you give it your all. But it was it was really a funny cra. But it worked out for me, so I, I, I enjoyed the
1: trade afterwards. Uh, Well, because you won a couple of great Cups here and a couple of great Cups with Toronto, so winning kind of followed you around a bit.
0: Right, well, I I, I would appreciate that. I mean, uh, I I was just fortunate to be on some great teams, really. I had some great teammates. You know, it was fun to play, the teams I had, the teams I was on. It was really fun.
1: What first brought you to the Canadian Football League? I often ask American players this because some of them, Um, you know, we're considering the CFL. Some of them had never even thought about it before an agent or coach said, Hey, you should go take a look at Edmonton, Winnipeg or wherever. What was your story about coming to Edmonton?
0: Well, I've always known about the CFL because the CFL has been around, around the NFL. So I've always known about it, never thought about it because I didn't know, you know, that we could play up there or whatever, but I've always known about it. And what happened was I was in Buffalo, which is close to Toronto. And a coach that coached me in Buffalo, Joe Ferragelli. Uh, uh, after I got, after I went to Montreal and the team folded, and I went to Winnipeg, and, and, I, and I got re- released from Winnipeg, F- Ferragelli called me, and they had me come into Edmonton, and the rest is history. It, it was just a, it was just a, it was just it worked out that I was able to get. Uh, with Edmonton at the time I did.
2: And, and what that
1: was what, a great, huh? Sorry, I was just saying, and, what was the biggest transition for you from playing four down, 11 on 11 football to 12 on 12, three down football as a defensive back?
0: Well, to me, I love the game because it turned football into a fast break. It's almost like fast break football. Like, It's just a lot of throwing. And, you know, I like interceptions. So, to me, it was real fun. It was like, okay, all right, I love this game. Only thing I had to get used to was the bigger field and the the bigger end zone. So, I didn't, I had to uh, stay with my man a, a lot longer on, in the end zone. So, those things were different. But the fact that, you know, they, they threw the ball all the time, and I, I just enjoyed that as a DB.
1: Yeah, for sure. Don Wilson joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Uh, uh, 12 years in the CFL, split time between Edmonton and Toronto. Uh, Also had a season in BC. As I mentioned, he's uh, a four-time Grey Cup champion. He's a 2021 inductee for the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. Okay, Don, I got a fun one for you. And this is a standard question I ask uh, retired players. And uh, Uh sometimes guys got to think. So if you need a second, you can get it. Sometimes guys have a name pop in right away. Who is the best player you ever played with, and who is the best player you ever played against?
0: Who was the best player I've ever played with and who um, wow that's a tough one really that's a tough one. I play with a lot of great players though so um hmm,
1: hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you had Damon Allen in '93 was was pretty good. I think you would have played with Dunnigan on both teams.
0: Uh, I play with I play with Damon, Dunnigan, uh, Clemens, Flutie, Rocket. I play with a lot of great players. Willie Plas, Gizmo. I mean, just a lot of great players. Uh, that's a tough one.
1: Well, you listed you listed off an all-star team there, so I won't I won't make you pick.
2: <laughs>
0: you know what I'm saying? Didn't I pick the all-star teams. Oh my God! <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, that's that's a that's a, that's a tough one. Uh, uh, the to play against one, the play against one, I think uh, I might be able to answer that one. The best player I ever played against. Um, hmm.
1: Hmm. That's receiver, that's <laughs> receiver, or quarterback. It, Since you were
0: a um, DB, yeah. Um, huh, huh, um huh. That's funny because I guess because I'm a DB, right? I should be the name of quarterbacks and some, and some receivers. But I did a pretty good jobs against the receivers I played against. So, <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, there you go.
0: That's why you're going to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> well. So I mean, that's why I've kind of, you know, I mean, I play against some, a lot of great quarterbacks, you know. But I, I don't really know which one, you know, gave me the most problems. Yeah, I mean, because sure. I played, I played pretty good against Doug Flutie. I played pretty good against Damon. I played pretty good against Dunnigan. I played pretty good against uh uh, uh, um, um, uh, uh uh um uh uh um uh what's the one um um the one uh, uh what's his name? Because I love him too. He just I used to get love him to get some picks. Uh, but I liked because he was a great quarterback. Danny McManus played a lot Oh yeah, him. of course, yeah, yeah. So um, and and as I like playing against him. And uh Ken Austin I like playing against him, you know, and Archer from Sacramento. There's a lot of great quarterbacks. But I end up doing pretty well against them though. So, yeah, you
1: know, I don't yeah. know. Right yeah. on. That's hey, it, Don, yeah. congratulations, Congratulations, man. Thanks for connecting with uh, your fans here in Edmonton. Of course, we've got tons of people who remember you and, and loved watching you play. All the best with your continued acting career. You know, Hopefully when things are uh, a little better, we'll see you at a double-E uh, double e game. I don't know what the team's going to be called then, but uh, it'd be cool to meet you in person.
0: Okay, yeah, well, hopefully I might be up there sometime this summer. Never know. There we go. Never know. Yeah. Thank you very much for having
1: me. That is Don Wilson. He's going to the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. Inside Sports on Chet. I'd want to preface what I'm about to say here is that I, I don't have uh, a lot of information on this, but I have seen enough uh, chatter on social media that uh, I, I do feel that I should pass this along. And uh, one of the people who has posted this tonight is a gentleman who goes by the name of Johnny Infamous, who is the DJ of, uh, of the Edmonton Oilers, and... Um, there, there is concern tonight about the safety and whereabouts of Robert Clark, who is the anthem singer for the Edmonton Oilers. And Johnny Infamous has posted uh, that Rob Clark is missing and hasn't responded to communication from anyone for some time. Uh, apparently, he is uh, the owner of a blue 2020 Ford Edge With the license plate CJP1788, I know that's a lot of information to process, but um, uh, again, uh, there seems to be some concern tonight about the whereabouts and possible well-being of Robert Clark, the anthem singer for uh, the Edmonton Oilers. If you go on Twitter, the Twitter account is pretty simple, Johnny Infamous, exactly how you would think it would be spelled. And uh, obviously he knows uh, Rob and is concerned about him tonight. So hopefully uh, Rob is, uh, is okay, but I do want to, I do want to pass that along here that uh, there appears to be concern, some concern for Rob tonight. Okay, a uh, tough transition, but uh, we do want to get Randy Gregg onto the show, the former Oilers defenseman who's the managing director for the Edmonton Riverhawks of the West Coast League who made an announcement today that is uh, is a tough one for them. Randy, welcome back to the show. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing great, thanks. Yeah, thanks for having us.
1: Yeah, uh, well, unfortunately, you guys aren't going to be able to go this season, Randy. Tell us how come.
2: Yeah, well, as everybody in the world knows, the pandemic is, is uh, having a detrimental effect on, on many parts of our society. Uh, the West Coast League, of course, is in the West Coast. We're both uh, uh, in the United States with 10 franchises and five across Canada. And when we realized that the third wave was coming, uh, the league got together and started to think that there may be a bifurcated uh, division. So a Canadian division and then a U.S. division. And that way that, um, you know, the transportation across the U.S. Canada border wouldn't be as big a concern. Uh, But recently, we've seen, especially with the spike in cases in British Columbia and also in Alberta, that, um, you know, it's going to be very difficult to have a season this year. Uh, We want to make sure, and I certainly respect the experts with Alberta Health Services and Dr. Hinshaw, and and when they start to give us the trends that this isn't going to be a one-week or two-week transition to the recovery we're all waiting for, uh, we have to make a a difficult decision. Um, You know, it's a, a little bit hard in Edmonton because... I think Edmontonians has be waiting for a great baseball for a long time. And uh, to miss out on that is tough. But, you know, we all realize that the, the situation is we have to work together to make sure that the pandemic is uh, is battled properly. Uh, the good thing is, of course, is, you know, the work that we've been doing down at Renex Field is continuing. Uh, we're working with a great company, putting new artificial turf. It's going to be fantastic. The new scoreboard's coming in. We're doing lots of renovations to the uh, the facility itself. So... Come 2022, I think the fans that come down to watch baseball will be just amazingly excited about not only the quality of baseball uh, but also the, the quality of the venue itself.
1: Okay, well, I'm glad to hear that. I was going to ask you if work continues on Remax Field, so I'm glad you can you can go on with that. Yeah, and you know, a couple of weeks ago we had Kelly Stannett on the show, who you guys hired as, as the field manager. Is he committed for 2022,
2: or what's the status there? Oh, he sure is. You know, he's a, a coach in a a college down in arizona and he was telling me that in arizona in summertime it's about 115 degrees so uh you know he is an american and comes from uh i think oklahoma so he knows about heat but yeah he was really looking forward to coming up he's heard a lot about canada and the fans and of course he loves the facility itself and the west coast league is sort of second to none in the western canada and the western united states so yeah he's fully committed Uh, what we need to do of course is a couple things we want to make sure that you know, our fans are safe and, and our players are safe. And the other thing is a lot of players that we're really looking forward to coming to Canada, we want to make sure that we give them enough time so that they can get to other teams in the United States. These players are, you know, some of them going on to Major League Baseball, so they want to have a summer where they can take some swings and get some more at-bats uh, and some more pitches. So uh, you know, we, we had to make a decision earlier than we'd like, but I think it's appropriate to make sure that these players do get a place to play.
1: And just and just to clarify, the, the West Coast League is having a season. It's just the Canadian teams that won't be able to take part.
2: That's right. You know, with the uh, immunization that strategy in the United States, uh, a lot of the teams uh, in the West Coast League in uh, Oregon and Washington feel that they can uh, feel teams safely and also bring some fans in uh, to share the experience. Uh, the difficulty was BC is, is struggling. We've got four teams out there and, And it doesn't look like that change is going to be um, imminent. So we have to make a tough decision. But you know what? We're uh, we're committed for the long haul. We have a 10-year lease and hopefully another 10 years after that. So the Riverhawks are going to be around for a long time. And, uh, you know, so a little bit of a bump in the road. But, you know, even more time and energy to put into having a great 2022 season. Okay.
1: Well, Randy, we, we appreciate the update. Of course, we wish you all the best as the work on REMAX Field will uh, will continue. I, I know I, I talked to a few people today, pretty disappointed. They won't be able to go to games this summer, but uh, we know there's been uh, a lot of that uh, to deal with in, in life, and I, and I think we're moving towards uh, a brighter future when we can get together and, and watch a lot of sports together again. So we really appreciate the update. I know we'll stay in, stay in touch. Thanks for popping on tonight.
2: Yeah, thanks for your time. Have a good night.
1: That's Dr. Randy Gregg, managing director for the Edmonton Riverhawks, giving you the lowdown on uh, why they and the other Canadian teams will not be able to play this season in the West Coast League. All right, updating the NHL scoreboard Flames lead the Canadians four, or pardon me, have beaten the Canadians. Flames have beaten the Canadians four one. The Jets knock off the Senators three two with about eight minutes left in St. Louis. It's Colorado with a four two lead. Golden Knights and Kings coming up in about 10 minutes and the Ducks and the Sharks will play in about 45 minutes. Earlier today, it was the Wild over the Coyotes, 5-2. Matt Zuccarello with two goals in that game. He is up to eight on the season. Major League Baseball, Blue Jays beat the Yankees 5-4. Bo Bichette homered twice. He had the walk-off game winner, and the Raptors hang on to beat the Spurs one seventeen. 112 oilers practice tomorrow and then fly to vancouver you can get more on the jt miller comments on 630 ched.com globalnews.ca bob stoffer will have oilers now from noon to two tomorrow i'll be back for inside sports from six to eight the producer of the show is dave campbell your studio producer this evening is the one and only kellen kennedy my name's reed thanks for listening have a great night